Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. I've had to re-record this beginning because my recording of the original didn't work. Anyway, welcome to it. This week brought to you by Creative Kale, the spin-off podcast. Listen to the podcast last week. That's the spin-off. Michael Mayers from the West Wing was on it, and he recommended the podcast, sorry, the box set that we're going to talk about tonight. So tonight on the box set pod, we're going to talk about, it's the night of the night of tonight. Yes. Um... You can still listen to it if, if you're listening during the day. It doesn't have to be the night. And uh, uh, Michael Myers recommended it to me as a cinematographer, said he thought it looked great, and I watched it all. We'll get to that. Uh, various people are going to join us this evening. Um, and um, I apologise if it's a bit haphazard in... in yeah, yeah I, I feel like tonight, because of the night, <clears throat> we've got quite a few big opinions about the night of. I think it's going to be quite a, a jam-packed uh, with a, a lot of material. I think so too. Yeah. I imagine, is on the way. So although we might have to be patching people in at different times because of their lives getting in the way, uh, I think it'll be worth it because I think it's worth getting the different opinions on this. It's, it's not... I don't think anything will split the audience quite as much as this one. Jack's already with us, work experience boy Jack. Uh, Hello. Are you well? I'm very good, how are you? Yeah, not bad at all. And another Jack emailed us, we've not heard from him for a while. Uh, Jack Connolly uh, emails us every so often, says, Hey guys, been a bit behind on my podcast listening of late, but I listened to the Gotham one yesterday. You've convinced me to pick it up again. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll return to this email later because I know that splits yeah. opinion as well. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It gave a very detailed account of the ins and outs of the intricate world of uh, Batman and Gotham. He did. Uh, I, I don't general, think we'll even have time to read his entire email out on the no, podcast. No way. Very good no. email, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, I read it on the toilet, Jack. It's an excellent read. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's where I do my reading of your emails. If you want to email us, we always get excited, as you can hear. Studio at theboxsetpod.com would be great to hear from you. Um, so, uh, any news, Jamie? Any news? Yeah, a couple of bits I want to mention. First of all, uh, yeah, it's all on the boxsetpod.com slash news. Latest bits, Vince Gilligan, the man behind Breaking Bad, the man behind uh, Better Call Saul, he's working on a new miniseries. It's, it's all about the Jonestown Massacre. Do you know about the Jonestown Massacre, Howell and Jack? Uh, I know the yes. name really well, but uh, no. Yeah. It's basically this yeah, happened in the it, it, yeah it happened in the seventies. Your brother Johnny knows a lot about this, Howard, because okay. it, it it involves a charismatic religious of a, a leader of a religious cult who uh, took his cult to South America, where he convinced them all to kill themselves in a mass suicide. And it's there's a lot of psychological permutations that are very interesting for. Was this for the one where study. he made everyone drink the Kool Aid? Is that where the phrase "drink the Kool Aid" comes from? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. This is this is the exact case where the Kool-Aid comes from, I, I believe. I so that is that is where it's related to. And uh, he was very charismatic. I watched a couple of documentaries about him. It's a fascinating story, really scary, obviously. But um, 
yeah, Vince Gilligan's trying to work on a miniseries that follows the very origins, beginnings of how this cult happened, and it, it, it promises to be something very interesting. And uh, who knows? Maybe Bob Odenkirk could play this religious leader. He's got uh, plenty of charisma. He's got and, some uh, creepy undertone to him. That, uh, exactly. Work, very good. Could yeah. work well. Nice. La- last I do mention, it was, a, it was the Lastly, Emmys of the weekend. You've only done one yeah, story. <laughs> Only doing a couple of news bits. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too. What? The big Seems bits was the Emmys. A running theme the last few podcasts is two pieces of news. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, well, I, I do have another bit of news, but I think we want to talk about that more in general. But in a bit, I'll mention that in a second. But basically, the Emmys happened this Sunday, okay. and uh, Game of Thrones broke the record for the highest number of Emmys won by a fictional series. Do you know what it be? Do you know what series it be? What? Frasier. Whoa. That's how good it is. It's better than Frasier. That's a fact now. Uh, it won Outstanding Drama Series. I'm so glad this series has done well because it's the best do one you, yet. Do you agree that Brilliant. it's better? Better than Frasier? Yeah. Oh, I can't compare Frasier. I mean, I, I, I can't even compare the two. How oh, well, I love them both. compare two them. Of my favourite children. Well, I mean, you, you've got one that's just a fabulous comedy that doesn't age. I mean, we don't even know if Game of Thrones ages well yet, so, you that's know, true. you can't say... Talk to me in 20 years. I can say... Uh, it's now the wrong time to say that I've never heard of Frasier. Whoa! Oh, my giddy <laughs> Whoa! How have you avoided it? On the reruns on well, Channel 4 just, in the morning. I've never heard of it. Good God. Jeez. Um, I, will, I will nail my colours to the mask, because you know I'd judge things on would I'd take them in my rocket ship. Yeah. If I could only take either Fraser or Game of Thrones, there's no mm. question it'd be Fraser. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's a perfect comedy. It's perfect. Yeah. It is excellent. It is excellent. Well, in the best comedy category at the Emmys, uh, Veep won, along with uh, best comedy actress for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. There were British winners as well. Sherlock's The Abominable Bride won best TV movie. And John Oliver brilliantly Mm. won the best variety talk series for last week tonight. I'm very happy for him. He's a lovely guy. He did a a great bit with the press where he was talking about, (laughs) you know, in in Britain, I'm a failure. You know, I, 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 I wasn't a success in Britain. I had to come over here to do anything. And right. uh, it was very interesting and it's worth a look. So the, the other bit of news I want to mention, and I think we're going to bring this up, is about the four-episode rule. Ah, yes. uh, and this is a piece of news that Mel, uh, our reg- regular American contributor, has actually linked us to. Netflix research shows that, on average, the four-episode rule of getting hooked to series is actually an actual fact Really? Yeah, it's an actual... I thought you'd read this article, Howell. Um, well, it, yeah, I have. I wouldn't say it was a fact. I would say well, that... Well, it's, pre- it's pretty pretty, pretty close to being yeah, a fact. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they... So Netflix have detailed that they... Uh, or someone has worked out that Netflix have worked out uh, that they can work out uh, how long people will last before they're hooked on something? And yeah, I mean Netflix have released this. It's like it's actually them who's released it. They've they've shown the episodes where fandom begins for some of today's top series. So where shows start to build a momentum and a binge quality to them, and no no 
channel has a better ability to do this than Netflix. And there's a lot of them, the Stranger Things, two episodes in, the people love it. Yeah. Uh, same with The Get Down, uh, three episodes in for stuff like The Narcos and Prison Break, four episodes, a lot of stuff in the four-episode category, yeah. Making a Murderer, American Horror Story, stuff like that. And then seven episodes for a few of things like The Gilmore Girls and Jane the Virgin. They take a bit longer to sort of win you round but on on the whole what you can take from that data or data as they call it in america is that four <laughs> episodes is the set rule and we were there yeah. before anybody ever found this shit yes. out yes we were um, we didn't even research it we just made a guess uh, how many did they say it takes for the get down the get down two yeah, I, I agree, although I found the second episode a bit slower than the pilot. And um, Anyway, we won't go into the get-down, but uh, yeah, it is, uh, it, it is very true. And uh, true of the Gilmore Girls as well, which I'm well and truly hooked on. Every night I watch the Gilmore Girls now. Um, yeah, it's got such an annoying sheen to it. <laughs> but when you get beneath that sheen, a uh, particular style... Um, it really is superb. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, okay. Uh, what else are you watching at the moment, YouTube? Before we get to the get down, basically we've sorry, not the get down, uh, the night off. What are you watching, Jack? Uh, well, I've just finished Narcos. Narcos. Um, I, oh, I've just Why does love as well? Why do people call it Narcos? And it's always young people like Jack that call it Narcos. Surely they call it Narcos in the show. Yeah, it's Narcos. That's the American accent, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that's the only place they say it. Like, we don't say it in Britain, so it's Narcos. Yeah, who have you heard say Narcos, Jack? (laughs) Uh, No one apart... Well, apart from other people that I've spoke to... (laughs) Exactly. ...of a similar age that have also watched it. There you go. They're all saying it wrong. It's all saying it wrong. That's that's young people today can't even say (laughs) Narcos right. What's the point? What's the point? Well, we need to do that on another episode. We'll get to Narcos. We certainly do. I tell you what, I've been watching. Yeah, I've carried on with Nurse Jackie. Me too. I've been watching a bit. I'm loving Nurse Jackie. It's brilliant because it's like it teeters on the edge of being like both a comedy and a really serious drama about addiction. How far and through it, are does you? it? Incredible. Uh, I'm into season three. Okay, season um, four that you're about to watch is the best. It is just amazingly good it's so good and you know what the 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 there's one character in it, and oh, God, I've forgotten her name. She plays the sort of sidekick, the quirky sidekick girl. Yeah, Merritt Weaver, uh, who is also in Walking Dead. That's it. Mm. Her character could be so annoying. Yeah. Could be so annoying if a, if the wrong actress was yeah. playing that character. Yeah. She is so good. She She's is brilliant. so good in the show because she makes that character really funny and interesting without any irritation level that is a huge skill if you Massively haven't well done. if you haven't watched um nurse jackie but you have watched all of the walking dead merritt weaver is the one who comes in playing um, a doctor who's not quite a doctor in the latest series couple of series and um She's just brilliant. And, yeah, this uh, season four that's coming is just so phenomenal. And you're going, oh, I love where they took this. This is amazing. And then, and then, 
Season five started, right? By the end of season four, phenomenal, mm. phenomenal. Season five mm. begins, and within the first five minutes, you have some of the worst dialogue you've ever heard, setting up who everyone is again. And you have an explanation of why two or three of the main characters <laughs> disappearing. Oh, no. Like, leaving. It's like contracts ended. <laughs> and Matthew Wanless joins us now, uh, soon to be joined by others. Uh, good, good day, Matthew. Good evening. Good, good day. Good day, fair, fair men. So Matt's got a bit of a cold, so he sounds even more husky than normal. I had a very exciting day on Tuesday. I went to London and I met... Matt Wandless, Tiernan Duyab, and ben, ben Hilton all together, and ate, ate pizza in the flesh. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was gonna it was it could have been greater, but I got to the train station and realised that I had forgotten aged 30 40 years <laughs> and become a different person i had forgotten a different generation of technology <laughs> i forgot my train tickets which i thought i would have sent to my house in order to make sure that if i was late to the station i would have my tickets so for the first time i didn't just get them from the machine i actually had them stuck on my kitchen wall i left the house without them got there and had to pay an extra 80 pounds for the pleasure <laughs> I mean, that's just ludicrous. Uh, That's so much extra money. It was such a low point in my life, turning up at that station and realising that... Not only that, I'd treated myself to first-class tickets. (laughs) So I had to stand there at the station watching it disappear. So... Um, I may paste in, I've, I've not listened to it yet, I may paste in the audio that I recorded on that day in a moment. However... Here is a transcript. I want you to imagine, Jamie, that Mel and Marsha were meeting up, okay? Two two women were meeting up. Yeah. And one of them said, oh, no, I've just left my train tickets at home. What do you think the other one would say in response? Two women. That's a damn shame. Um, can I be of any assistance? Exactly. Let me tell you what my response was. First one in was Tiernan. I'm reading this from our group text. Maximum Bellend. And then, <laughs> next text, Matt Wandless. What kind of tool doesn't have his tickets waiting at the station for him? I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> I reply, as I'm, as I'm looking at my life and wondering, on this trip to London where I expected to go and meet, like, the bosses of Radio 2 and 4, but I actually have managed to arrange nothing but pizza with these three, uh, I say, fucking hell, I've just bought another ticket for £80 and missed the train so I'll now be late I know, I know Ben chimes in what in the name of fuck are you doing have you had (laughs) have you had a stroke (laughs) Matt Wandless I'll refer you to my slack comments on the 9th of September where Howell couldn't spell Tiernan's name despite having it written in front of him and then fell for a phishing scam live on the podcast Howell is about 70 years old and therefore afraid of working the ticket machines (laughs) to which I replied literally the only reason I'm spending another £100 is because you've arranged pizza. The worst bit of all of this is that my first class seat has just sailed into the distance. Tiernan, so what time are you finally getting in? 
Thank you, Tin. That's that's helpful. That's, uh, you know, at least it's helpful and practical. Matt Wandless, however, read the whole conversation back and try and look at yourself in the mirror. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe you tried to pass a book that practically has your name engraved on it. <laughs> and that is the level of support that I received from wow. my box set partners. If I'm ever standing on the edge of a bridge about to jump, Matt, don't come and help, yeah? Give me a ring. Give me a ring. I know a great way to kill yourself on a bridge. (laughs) However, I did get there, and it was highly pleasurable to see everybody in the flesh. It was very nice indeed. Lovely. Let's talk the night off. Okay. Hang on a second. What's happened in the last 30 seconds? Because is there a fourth laugh that I can hear? No. Jack's here. There you go. There you go. Hi, hello. <laughs> have you been here the entire time, Jack? I have. I've been listening and taking it all in. Yeah. I, that, that was just really strange. <laughs> if you hear a, a fourth person like in the room with you, that's disconcerting. <laughs> but on an electronic phone call, it's like, how did this happen? <laughs> okay. Um well, um, I've got another extra special guest to patch in this evening, which is Russell Gomer, excellent comedy actor from the TV series Stella. He has appeared on this podcast before. Some would argue similar skills, very similar, I think you'll agree, Jamie, in physical skills as John Chatoro, who is star of The Night Of. I would say it's more like a Welsh John Cleese. Okay. All right. Well, Russell will join us. Um, uh, are you there, Russ? Hello, hello. Hey, there he is. Russ, hey. I want you to meet Jack and Matt and Jamie hello? you've already met. Uh, hi. Hi, Russell. There we hey. go. Um, so we've drafted uh, Russell in. We may be drafting more people in, but let's begin with the context of the night of before we get opinions on it. Um Matt Wandless, how much of the night of have you watched? One episode. Okay, give us the context. Uh, so we follow a young chap whose name I cannot remember. Good start. Um, <laughs> Naz. Naz, who is a, um, a college student. Um, and uh, again, I, I think you... I think he was Pakistani. I'm, 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 I'm not too yeah. rock solid on that. I'm thinking pa- Pakistani lives in a, a Pakistani community community in um, the suburbs of New York. Um, attends what looked like a pretty decent school, and is uh, some kind of hotshot with statistics. He was sort of uh, helping with the basketball team, um, and it seems seems like a pretty straight laced, uh, hard working kid. Um, and he's invited to this party by two of the players on the basketball team. And I don't know if you all know, but college basketball in America is basically, it's like it's literally one notch below the NBA. <clears throat> if you're on the college basketball team, you are hot shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I imagine their parties are quite uh, the debauched um, frat house uh, fantasies that we've all um, indulged in. And so... Uh, he is going to go to this party with his friend and um, his friend bails on him so he steals his dad's taxi to get there and on the way people keep hailing his his cab because he can't figure out how to turn off the uh, turn on the off duty light and 
uh, a beautiful young woman uh, hails his cab and he lets her get in and things spiral wildly out of control from that point. Thank you very much. Uh, so, it's it, The Night Of is a title that comes from kind of uh, the night, like a lawyer might say, the night of the incident. Um, we're now joined as well by Adam Comstiff. How much have you watched, Adam? One episode. One, he's Ooh. one episode in as well. So clearly we're going to be trying to persuade these two to continue. Russell Goldman. Oh, oh, sorry, Jack. Jack's only watched one. Yeah, I've only watched one oh, as well. I'm sorry, yeah. Jack. I thought you'd watch more. Um, okay, and Russell Gomer, how much have you watched of it? One episode. And ha- oh. was it the first episode that you watched? No, this, this was episode three. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Um, can I ask... I, I wanted to do it that way around, just to be controversial. Yeah, I mean... Knowing Russell, knowing that it took me about a month to tell him how to download Skype to his computer, I'm not sure why I'm asking this question, but uh, Russell, uh, why didn't you just go and watch episode one on your catch-up? Very complicated technology. I'm not good with it. It's good with the science, not good with technology. Okay. Oh, wow. I, I assumed that this was a joke. No, no. Have you actually watched episode three? Yes, yes. <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, no. It happened to be on. I was watching TV late, late at night. The missus was sleeping on the sofa. Uh, I'd eaten well. I felt a bit sleepy. But suddenly I saw the night off. Right? It's something you don't forget. Uh, great title, I think. The night of. It's a complete phrase without being complete, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Being, because it's it's used in court. And uh, I thought, well, that's what Howell was banging on about. I'd be a good lad and do something he's asked me to do. Research, watch it. Get a brownie point. Uh, yeah, it, and that's what I did. <laughs> well, it's it's I, not I, like you're just on this conversation by coincidence as well like you just happen to be on Skype <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> no. it's not a podcast <laughs> um, again I, I just happen to be on Skype I'm terrible with technology it might be one of those patterns in the universe um, so, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it though and because it was still only episode three I was able to put together uh, more or less kind of what, what had happened mm-hmm. uh, I think so then not a bit yeah. more but can I can I suggest though, Russell, that you genuinely do go back and watch episode one? Um, <laughs> I will, please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's Jamie, get some... not so fast about episode two by the sound of things. Yeah. <laughs> let's. No, give them both a go. Let's begin. Begin at... to think like I've stuffed off, stuffed up by starting from the beginning here. No. Let, let's begin at the beginning. Well. Um, because I think uh, Ben hasn't managed to join us back yet, but Ben um, has has given me his opinions on the night of. I'll hold them back for now in case he joins us. But um, let's begin with Jamie. Have you watched it all? And what did you think? Watched it all. Um, I'll start with who's behind this. So this show is a kind of adaptation of a mini-series that was on the BBC called Criminal Justice. Uh, that was created by Peter Morgan, and it was back in the early or mid-2000s. Anyway, this is an adaptation of that. It's got Richard Price, who won the writer of The Wire, behind it, along with Steve Zalian, who got an Oscar for Schindler's List. And then you've got direction from Zalian and James Marsh, who did Man on Wire, the documentary, and um, if you will, the theory of everything, I think, as well. So it's got some really heavyweight 
big cojone talented people behind it and um yeah what i think? think that the first episode was just for me was just incredible i've watched it all but i i remember watching that first episode for just <clears throat> the the excruciating brilliant journey that you're taken on by this young man called naz whose night goes from bad to horrible to worst night of your life in the space of a few hours and I, I i loved it it was excruciating what i love about this show what what's the best thing about this show is when they concentrate on the minutiae the tiny things that happen to him or that happen in the investigation they're the best bits and like in that first episode there's bits where he's in that police station and he's got the knife the murder weapon in his coat and it's just like it's just brilliant because you feel that pain of what the hell do you do in this situation? Okay. And it, I just I, I thought the way they handled it was magnificent. For me, it's a great show. Yes, it has flaws, and I'm sure Ben has some good points, but for just quality, for just brilliant quality drama, okay. it's All right. top of the list. Good, good. Peace said. Now Ben Ben joins us now. So, hi Ben. Hello. So Ben. <laughs> Uh, we've been waiting for you. We've we've only got Jamie's opinion there. Obviously, Jamie's a big fan. Russell Gomer joins us, who you know. Hi, Russell. Um, Hi, Ben. Matt and Jack and Adam are all here as well. But, Ben, I urge you, don't hold back on your thoughts because I, I, this one, I think, is going to divide audiences. We're going to find out what Matt, Jack and Adam thought as well. But I want to go straight to Ben because I think he's going to have a, a, a different opinion from Jamie. Ben, the night of... Yeah, I mean, I do have some good points, Jamie, because you don't you don't have any. Um, it, it's, it's terrible. The whole thing's terrible. It's fucking boring. It's what? style over substance. In fact, the the exact scene that you're talking about in the first episode where he's got the murder weapon in the police station was the point at which I wanted to die of embarrassment. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Utter bollocks. Utter pretentious bollocks. Oh. It looks... It looks stunning. And when you... I mean, it really does. It looks incredible. But when you've got to stare at it for an hour, praying to God that it's over soon, and it's like... Oh. And you said, you, said, you know, you, you go with him on this journey over a few hours. Oh, it was days. It was weeks. It never ended. I mean, it's the slowest-moving programme that I've ever seen. It, it just... I, honestly, we were desperate to switch off after three episodes because there's only eight of them thought well you know come on yeah it might get good yeah. stick it through to the eight by five i was scratching my eyeballs out by seven i was going to commit a murder myself <laughs> and and, and i only eight, watched... ben was pronounced dead for 30 <laughs> seconds and i only watched the finale just to see what <laughs> happened and oh my god was it disappointing like i cannot and to be clear from the start, I think Riz Ahmed is an amazing actor. He's brilliant in it. He's like, he's just such a nice guy. He's such a great actor. And he's brilliant in the role. So you know uh, him. He's, You've worked with him. He's the, not, not really. I've met him a couple of times. But like, it, he's really great. He's the one good thing that's in it. Whoa. But other than that, it is <laughs> ponderous, navel-gazing 
bullshit. Okay. All of it. Okay, oh, let's no. uh, let's Ooh. that that is uh, clearly an opinion Ooh. which is allowed. Now let's deconstruct it. <laughs> Style over substance. Uh, I can see where you're coming from, and let's just do a shout out to Michael Mayers, the director of photography of the West Wing, who recommended this last week, and his point was uh, around what he's watching from a director of photography point of view. And I, I will say this: I thought there was one too many focus pulls for me, but it looks phenomenal. And when they introduce the female, uh, the prosecutor, the state prosecutor, it just just that sequence in itself, I think, is is worth its weight in gold. Um, oh god! Oh, it's wonderful. Sorry, I was just remembering. There's this. They keep sort of cutting away to the prosecutor chatting to the detective, and it, it's it's the most sort of clinical, stale, boring. It's just two people talking in front of a wall. <laughs> the whole thing has no tension. It's oh, oh right, sorry. But oh. you see, the, but the one thing that everyone seems to have said, Ben, is this has got this is amazingly tense. That's it's that, not. Yes, it is. That's what I people don't, say. What, what, what were you smoking? What were you smoking <laughs> when you were watching it's this? Not, it's not tense because you don't care whether he did it or not. Okay. And oh my just... god. Okay, let's go. Let's go around the room now, and we will come back to you, Ben. You will have a right to reply on anything that's said here. With now. Did uh, oh, let's go. Let's go to Jack. Jack, did you find episode one tense? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I also though found it dark, dull, and depressing. <laughs> okay. And it, it was interesting when Jamie said before it's got the the fella from The Wire. Uh, did he write it or something? When I was watching it, I was thinking, this is so depressing. And I've never seen The Wire, but this is how I imagine The Wire to be. Is this oh, boring? No, it's not. It's um, very different from The Wire. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and it wasn't written by him. Um, I get this feeling from Matt's nasal tones that he's going to agree uh, with Ben. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's enough I, from I, Matt. I, no, go on. I, go ju- on. <laughs> I, I just... The minute they started... Like it was, I think it was when they entered her apartment. If it even turns out to be her apartment, um, I thought, I, I, I said, I think she's gonna die having had sex with him, mm. and it it was just. I feel like this has happened in maybe two or three things in the last year. I don't know. It's just this scenario of someone waking up having accidentally murdered someone, and. Uh, N- nothing about it drew me in. Do you know what? Actually, that's wrong. For the first 15, 20 minutes, I was into it. Um, but then when it just became uh, a mystery and and uh, what's going to happen, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I was done. Okay. Adam? Yep. Do you agree? Um, uh, yeah, I'm sort of sitting on the fence. This might be the battle for my soul for the rest of the podcast because, <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty dull, but then I did end up caring just a little bit about what was going to happen to him. Like, it, but wh- like why it, it, didn't it, we it, care it, about it what happened to her? Uh, well, it's, we know what's happened to her. She's not going to have any further... Well, I don't know, actually. Yeah, maybe we will. Maybe it'll be all about her backstory and the whole thing will take a far less pedestrian sort of uh, sort of turn. But, okay. Uh, I mean, he, he's the protagonist, isn't it, that you're meant to identify with? 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- that was like, that was a, at best a 60 minute program padded out to about 80 minutes, wasn't it? It's those longish episodes. Okay. Right. Yeah, that was, that was, sorry, it was on too long as well. Yeah. Like that whole, the whole <clears throat> setup was sort of, oh, here's a clean living kid. Someone's going to give him drugs. Something bad's going to happen. It was like, uh, like some kind of shitty morality sort of thing, like an after school special or whatever they call them. For the first sort of half hour, and then yeah, there were some nice touches, but I'm not, I'm not entirely suckered in. I did quite like the scene of with him with the murder weapon in a police station, looking around, wondering whether he should just leg it or not. I mean, that's had some merit to it, but yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not 100 percent convinced. Okay. Um, what about the reveal though, when the murder weapon is revealed? simultaneously with other things happening. I think, think that was... I think, Ben, that we already cheesy. know that you didn't like that bit and that Jamie <laughs> did like that bit. Um, what I would like yeah. to suggest is that... OK, let's go to Russell Gomer, who, just to catch everybody up, has watched one episode, <laughs> but it was episode three. <laughs> um, Russ... As yeah. someone who hasn't watched the first episode that we're talking about, but you have watched a episode, what have yes. you got to say? Well, I think I have a unique perspective on it because of that. <laughs> <laughs> amongst us, there should be one in the cabal that maybe has gone to a different angle. Yeah. Um, well, that, I, yeah, I'm happy to learn a lot more from the conversation about what happened in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent the first, I suppose, 20 minutes trying to sort of catch up on the obvious things. Yeah. Which I was able to do, but I wasn't just... But, of course, I, I don't know if someone's telling a porky or not, mm-hmm. um, not having seen it. And uh, so I'm looking in the eyes of, of, of each character, each actor. That, that guy who plays Nas, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I remember the conversation... Um, oh, I should say, I'm a, I'm a fan of this style of taking time over something, as long as it's done well, you know? Yeah. Uh, I let the, you know, it's, it's the flow of the music, that kind of visceral thing I, I, get, I get from it. Um, and sometimes, it, for me, it was reminiscent of the film Moon, that kind of plinky-plonk of the, the, the piano. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that kind of piano sort of winding onwards sometimes in, in those scenes which, where there's a, there's a pan or a zoom in or zoom out. And... Uh, I just loved the look in this guy's Naz's eyes when he was being interviewed before he went into the into the prison, and just the coldness of all the officials. You know, they're getting on with their job, uh, the indifference rather of uh, the officials as, as, and wardens and police officers as they just book him in and, and so forth, mm-hmm. and the, the fear, the the wide awake fear of what's coming next in, in his eyes. I think that's uh, um, very interesting in the, from the perspective of, like, you don't know if he actually did the crime or not, which I suppose yeah, non, none of us yeah. really know, but we're probably all a bit more uh, one way than the other. Can I it. just ask a question? Is, have we... If I was away... No, we haven't mentioned that it's been done before. No, we haven't. I'm glad... No, 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 Ben, don't go, don't go. Um, That's what. No, I'm not going, I was just saying... I was just just about to mention that because I know your kid's not well and you have to dip in and out. Um, I just want to mention quickly, uh, I wanted to to bring perspective of what we all brought to it because we've discussed this in the past that even over things like Gotham and uh, uh, Tiernan with his comic book knowledge and stuff, what we bring 
winter stuff makes such a difference. I came to it having just had Michael Myers recommend it and heard someone else say, oh, it's so tense. And that kept me through the whole thing. I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I really loved the whole thing. But I did feel that it was very long, style over substance at points. Some of the things that happened later in it really made me go, oh, really? But what I didn't bring to it, which I think Ben brings a huge backpack of, of is knowledge of the British one. When when was it, Ben? When was it out and when was it done? And how similar is this to the original? So, I actually, until after I finished this, I can't remember watching the original. Oh, right. Um, I, I don't remember much about it. So I didn't, in terms of story, it was like a fresh book for me. I was like, I can't remember at all what happened. I couldn't even remember... The, the the murder or anything about it. I do remember enjoying it a lot. Mm. Um, but it was made by um, Peter Moffat, who does uh, did Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat. Who's Peter Moffat? Um, He's the spider so, in the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so it's uh, not the Moffat guy. Anyway, he did it, didn't he? He wrote it. And um, it had Ben Whishaw and Pete Postlethwaite. Mm. Um as the wide-eyed so we can uh, imagine guy a gritty the, British uh, and the it was called criminal justice and the idea uh, was that it explored every aspect of the criminal justice system from the moment of perpetrating a crime right through to uh, trial and then prison and everything a look at sort of 360 look at you know the realities of the criminal justice system um, and it was the same it was a sort of six-part drama I think it was set in somewhere like Brighton but I might be wrong Okay. I might be massively wrong. Because I've, um, I've listened to loads of the podcasts like Serial and Undisclosed and stuff, and this seemed like such apposite timing for that. I thought well, I thought that it had been written of, for that. Um, of course, it was James Gandolfini's big project. So James Gandolfini, before he died, uh, bought the rights to the BBC show uh, and was develop- developing it for him yeah. um, to be in to, to to be the star of and produce it and he obviously died you know during that but um what's um yeah do you not think that this is we've we've ended up with this large amount of like cri- true crime drama kind of stuff mm. and mm. so it, it comes in with the weight of all of that doesn't it yeah i think and i think it does expose a lot of that like a lot of stuff that you see in that probably really really does happen down to detectives cutting corners down to where people are held and how you have to survive in prison while you're waiting for trial and stuff like that and some of that errs on the ridiculous and yeah long-winded but i found that quite quite terrifyingly disturbing and, and but I found that the strong part of it that was the really strong part which is why when you have sort of um, cheesy moments of, of sort of dramatic uh, flight of fancy you know like just like moments that are constructed to make it sort of yeah um, do you mean like I, I don't like, want to give it away but like the kiss yeah but and in particular in the I first scene it that. was like the, the, that was the, the, my thing about the the, the reveal of the murder weapon was that it was that was completely unrealistic and yeah, was but, obviously a sort of dramatic. But surely sort of, that so you wouldn't even have been patted down by that point. Yeah, but, moment. But that and, was and yet surely and yet it goes at odds with all of these sort of real moments where they're trying to be all like oh well this is the grim reality of how it is and yes, you know but, this this is sort of. But surely that that is the point.
point of the first episode, Matt, when you say you weren't buying it and stuff, surely the whole point of this story was to say, what would be the worst set of things that could happen if the deck was completely stacked against Stacked-ish. you? Yeah. How would well, you I was be able ask, to deal with it? Because the, the way that you're talking about it is not the way that I foresaw it carrying on. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a kind of elaborate, um, well, an elaborate whodunit, but yeah. I didn't imagine it becoming a procedural drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's more interesting to me if it does become about a kind of an, an unsolvable crime from the point of view of the audience yeah like we don't know we, we, we're not aware of the facts and we have to watch it play out and we have to watch this kind of kafkaesque thing for him to find his way through well look there's that's one more. interesting it, it is and i think we've gone around the houses and we have to finish soon but you can see that we could talk about this for hours and i just want to touch on one more thing with russell and ben if he's still there i think ben might have had to go is is that for me, this was an, an incredibly dark comedy from the minute that John Turturro takes part. And, oh, yeah. And I Believe loved me. him. Russell, tell me, from what you saw of John Turturro, what is he doing? Oh, it's this wonderful thing he does at the same time every second of making this smart, streetwise guy. He's smart about the street. Um, at, the, at the same time, and he's got a bit of front. You know, he's the only one, for instance, who, who makes jokes when they when he meets with that, that strange sessions he has with people who like like himself suffer from those terrible hives and all those afflictions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's the one who makes a joke uh, of jokes. And and you think why? You suddenly become aware that it's because he's lonely, you know, he's so lonely and sad, but still has to come up with this front. He's smart, streetwise, but sad and lonely. Mm. And it's present in every second of his acting. Uh, so when eventually he buys those in the third episode, which you know, seen, he buys those clothes from the cheap clothes on the market, gets a lower <clears> price on them with a bit, with a bit of haggle, takes them to the prison to give to the, the Naz character. Yeah. And it's only then, and gives him advice about how, how to survive a little bit in the depths of prison, and it's then that Nas has to reveal to him his parents are going with this other lawyer. <laughs> and the, the John Titoro's face melts. <laughs> he, he, can't, he can't show Nas that that's the case. He, he sort of, yeah, yeah, he sort of almost, not quite laughs it off, but yeah, he's going be okay it. about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> business. It's melting all the time. Yeah. And eventually, oh, the beautiful sort of, oh, I'd pay, I'd pay money. To have a photograph of it. Yeah. Is, yeah. When he's handed the cat in, little ginger cat, yeah. and has asked the, uh, the young, young gentleman who runs the place how long before the cats are gassed. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. says 10 days and marches off down the corridor towards uh, all the cages. And the, ca- the camera zooms back from John Tuturu, who's standing in a ridiculous sort of raincoat <laughs> with the sandals and his feet wrapped in clean film <laughs> and greased some kind right? <laughs> and still standing still looking down the corridor and I could read as an actor I, I, I recognise what he's doing he raises his chin at just the right little angle 
Yeah. Which says that he's letting go of something as the cat has taken away from him. <laughs> and you know that he's going to have to save the cat because he's... You know that he's going to have to come back. <laughs> yeah. and thought would be there now in that place all night when he goes back to his flat. But it's that... That's a portrait. That's a wonderful... Oh, I, I love a black and white photo of that yeah yeah and, and this is the yeah, thing that... for me it, it's worth carrying on in my book it's worth carrying on because despite some ludicrous moments and despite quite how long how much longer each episode needs to be than it is if you can watch john Turturro and know that he is playing a really dark comic character it it's it's a farce you know, it's one man with a ton of shit being thrown at him in a really difficult situation, which is the comic version of what's happening to Naz. I think it's that's why I love it. Um, Basically, if you if you if you've just listened to what Russ has said and you still don't want to watch it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're right. How it's, it's a kind of parallel between the two characters there. Yeah, there are two protagonists in this. There's no doubt about it. But and that strange par- parallel they have. But I do and, totally uh, understand why Ben's got his point of view. And Sarah, um, my wife, Sarah, that certainly was less sold on it than me at the end. And I, I get it. I do get it. But I, I just think, I just think Totoro's excellent. I, I think, but I've not, I've not. I don't think we've done a, a podcast like this for a long time where you really, there's no definite answer of what we should do with this thing. There's not a unlockable thing but but Jamie you you just loved it I just loved it I don't even know what the big deal is about why doesn't get so why is Ben going so, so angry about it I mean he's, he's, you've just got you've got too much time on your hands Jamie you've got far too much time. I mean you, 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 you're got basically trolling the show you run a podcast that, that reviews yeah. Yeah. Box sets. So yeah. I'm just giving an opinion yeah. on that. And let me yeah. let me yeah. let me also a add terrible opinion. Let me also add this. Uh, in one text last week, when Ben was clearly having a bad night, he said the night of's the worst thing I've ever seen. Nurse Jackie is dreadful, and Gotham what? is a pile of shit. <laughs> and uh, Nurse Jackie, Matt, I mentioned earlier, season four, one of the best seasons of anything that I've ever seen. Season five is awful. Uh, I've only watched one episode of that, but I'm going to carry on. Um, and also. On the subject of Gotham, Jack Connolly emailed us. We said we'd come back to his email. He says, I'm a massive Batman fan. I thought I'd give my thoughts on some of the characters. You were talking about Alfred not being very good. Jack Boardman, remember you were saying Alfred wasn't very good? Yeah, shocking. Jack Connolly says that in many of the different stories, Alfred actually isn't just a butler, he's a bodyguard, which is why he's so hard-ass in this and not as soft as the Michael Caine interpretation. And overall, that's why he thinks Sean Pertwee did an excellent job. Uh, Fish Mooney's an original character and Bullock is excellent casting. Uh, Ben McKenzie does a good job, but not completely sold. And he doesn't think the Joker should be in it, but loves the Penguin. That is a 2,000-word email summed up by me so thank you Jack Connolly uh, thank you everyone for joining has anybody got any M- Matt will you carry on do you have any further questions or points I am more interested by it than I thought I would be at the end of this podcast and, is that, and no, I, I, I want to talk to 
I want to talk to Ben about Nurse Jackie because what <laughs> happened there? <laughs> I just don't. I've only watched the first episode. I don't understand how a cast that good can be in a show that bad. <laughs> you go. I was all ready to be right behind you, Ben Hilton. I was going to be your wingman for this episode. I was going to be your goose. And I'm, but I'm just, I've only watched one episode. Yeah, I've clearly, only watched one episode. Clearly, we I don't need to understand how a cast that good. Yeah, no very right reference. That's right, fine. Right now, I need to watch four. Right now, Ben, you're close to being barred. You're close to being barred from the park. Um, listen thanks for joining us everybody especially Russell we appreciate the time and you've given us a lovely perspective from an acting point of view I think can I ask a a favour to either Ben or anyone with the requisite skills just do like someone could just edit the night of into a slapdash comedy like it could be a 20 minute episode slapstick (laughs) black comedy it could that's if you yeah, if you remove be if you remove all the focus pulls, it would be twenty minutes long. That's a fact. <laughs> um, so that's it. Next week we are talking about um, community. So uh, less less of a fun fight than this week. I'm sure, but it's been great having so many people on with so many opinions. Um, sorry that everyone didn't get so much, but it was uh, it was worth it. I think. So thank you very much, everyone. We will see you next week. Oh, and uh, another creative kale pops up midweek. So check that out. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.